We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the episode of the Spurs Up show presented by the Armchair Americans. I'm your host, Chris Phillips, joined, as always, by my co-host and colleague, uh, Tom Floyd. Before we get into the show, be sure to go online, rate, subscribe, share, and download the Spurs Up Shoot, the Spurs Up Show on iTunes, the Stitcher app, wherever you consume your media, wherever you consume your podcast, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet, hands down, the Spurs Up Show. So again, be sure to check us out on all the different fronts there. Also, be sure to check us out on our social media handles. If you don't follow us yet, if you haven't uh, looked us up yet, be sure to go check us out on Twitter at Armchair S Car. Uh, that's going to be on Twitter, Instagram at Armchair S Carolina, and of course, like I mentioned. Armchairamericans.com for all of, our, all of our latest breaking Gamecock news, coverage, the podcast, of course, uh, and all of our other content there as well. Very, very busy time right now with the baseball team, softball also in full swing with the regional this weekend. Also, always There's always football news with recruiting and uh, different rivalry talk, things of that nature, and uh, you know basketball as well. Things staying, staying busy even in the quote-unquote offseason, if you will. Um, but obviously, first, when we get anything, I want to you know, welcome Tom back to the show, Tom. Good to have you on again, man. It's been a fun week and uh, looking forward to the show. Great to be here. Always love it. <laughs> Absolutely. So we want to start our week off just like we did last week, our first segment, uh, this week in Tater News. So I'm going to let Tom start our first. We're going to say, Tom, you know, what, what, what did you see this week, this week in Tater News? What, what's, what's going on? Uh, this week in Tater News, it is the fact that nothing ever has been wrong with Clemson, that even when a player transfers before he even plays it down, it's the kids' fault, and it's not Clemson's fault ever because Clemson's perfect and nothing wrong has ever happened there, even though they had a scandal right after the national championship in 81, and they obviously pay players. But anyway, let's get this. Let's, let's just move on from that. Yeah, we're, no, we're going to get fully in. We're going to move right back into that with the Josh Bell things. Like I, want, I want to get into that for sure. Yeah. But uh, for me, this week in Tater News, just a little – this just in. Clemson fans enlighten me on stats that don't matter. So, or that do matter, depending on what side of the coin you're on. So, we were talking a little bit, little bit about this pre-show, Tom. But I was talking to you about had some Clemson fans chirping me on Twitter, talking about the rivalry, talking about all of the different stats. A Clemson guy, I, I don't, I don't really know his Twitter handle or, or probably some it. stupid like Clemson Tiger fan five, like basically them are always are something really. Uh, high grade for you know a tiger fan but anyway a dedicated clemson account yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah for sure now he literally went and made a google drive like spreadsheet basically listing every record like anything you can think of of where clemson is better than south Carolina at and some of the stats on there i have to admit were 
fairly hilarious. Uh, one of them, you know, I told you in pre-show, but one of them was number of coaches named Heisman, and it was Clemson one, South Carolina zero, and there was a little Clemson Paul next to it saying like, "Yeah, we got that one." So I was like, "You, you know what? You, you can you can have it." I didn't even know that you can have it. Uh, good for you. So, anyways, yeah, I learned this week that stats apparently do matter. So there you go. Um, <laughs> moving on, overreaction to the week. I'll start off with this. Uh, South Carolina, I think this kind of bled into last week, but I, I kind of brought it over this week. I, you know, first thing I want to say, Tom, it is uh, what May 17th. We're recording this show, it is May 17th, and I'm officially getting the college football itch again. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm officially starting to get the itch, starting to get fired up. It really didn't hit me until this week. Um, when I realized that a hundred days to kick off would be coming in like next four or five days. And that's when I'm like, wow, we get to start our little, we're going to have a little countdown going on our social media accounts. You know, it's kind of getting, you're getting that fever again. Baseball is kind of winding down. Uh, We're going to be in the dog days of summer and spring, you know, uh, what SEC media days is going to be here for, you know, I'm I'm starting to get kind of that football itch Tom. I don't know, but which kind of leads me to my overreaction of the week that the, the defensive back, Nick Harvey, the tra- grad transfer from Texas A&M. Uh, I think he's going to have a multi-interception game to help break the losing streak to Texas A&M when the Gamecocks played in this season in Williams-Brice. So watch out for Nick Harvey. Revenge factor. Big big, uh, big revenge guy. I think, they, think the revenge factor is going to strike for Nick Harvey. So, I mean, obviously, we have the best cross-division rivalry <laughs> with Texas A&M. So. Oh, it's just, it's just awesome. It's great. Okay, can I just be honest? It's probably the stupidest, like, cross-division they could have picked. Like, why – why make us fly to Texas and why make them fly to South Carolina every year? I just don't I don't know. like I, dude. I don't like really any of our cross divisional. I mean, think about it. I mean, Arkansas AD is still never, bad. Too. We've never beaten Arkansas. I'm always so scared when South Carolina plays them because it's yeah. just that's always a tough game. The, the only time that wasn't a tough game was last what, year, 2000. Well, no, no yeah, last year. You're right, last year, and then what 2013 was it when Connor Shaw and Mike Davis and them went into Arkansas and just beat the brakes off of them. I think it was like 49 to seven or something like that. But anyways, um, and then Auburn, South Carolina's never beaten Auburn. Can't get that monkey off their back. And then South Carolina travels to Ole Miss this fall, which is always kind of an interesting game. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think South Carolina's had as much success against Alabama as anybody from the West. I mean, you think about it. I mean, I think we should probably have – we should probably easily handle Ole Miss, especially with Patterson transferring. But, but you never know. Yeah. In the so. Grove, you know, you know, and that game's – what, that game's late October, early November maybe? That's that's a late game too. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, Tom, what's your overreaction of the week? Uh, that Josh Belk is only going to USC, and there's no way he's going to consider going into any other school. Like, he's going – I think I think he's going there, but – since since every Clemson fan saying that this is about his family, which it really might be, and if it is, he does have a sick family member, in fact, I'm really sorry. Don't get that confused with anything else. I do really feel genuine like prayers to the guy, but if it if it really is about his family and about being close to home, then he's going to USC. I just don't see any other option. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. So jumping, I know there's a thousand other things that you don't you want to talk about, Tom, but I'm going to force you to talk about. Yeah. The news that broke this week regarding the football team, regarding the transfer of defensive lineman Josh Belt, former five-star recruit, uh, was an early enrollee, you know, signed with Clemson in December, enrolled in January, went through <clears throat> spring workout, spring practice, all of that, was a pretty highly praised player throughout the spring. He is transferring from Clemson. So I, I think, what, this was two days ago. He came yeah. out basically. No, uh, yesterday, I think. 
was it yesterday? Okay. Anyways, came out. Yeah, it was yesterday. Yesterday morning. Yeah. Came out. Basically, broke the news. He would be transferring from Clemson. You know, and most assumed that he would be will become a Gamecock. A lot of people are assuming that. Even the Clemson writers and you know, basically the fanboy media they have that broke yeah. the story. Even they were assuming that he's probably going to become a Gamecock. Obviously, as you mentioned, you know, family health has been cited as the reason. I think his mother's kind of sick. He, he was going back and forth, you know, from uh, Clemson to home, taking care of them. Columbia is much, much closer to where he's from. Uh, Tom, talk about, again, your overall take on the situation. Kind of just – it's sort of a weird situation, but what you you make of it. Because, obviously, there's a lot of different theories. There's a lot of different takes out there. Twitter was an absolute madhouse yesterday yeah. with Clemson fans and South Carolina fans going at each other. I was in on the fun as well. But talk about your just overall take of kind of what your feelings are on the Josh Belt deal. Okay, well, Josh Belt was overrated going into Clemson. He shouldn't have been a 98 with his high school film, his his senior year high school film. It was terrible. He he played lazy and took plays off, and his competition level is single-A ball in South Carolina, which isn't, like, extremely difficult for anybody that doesn't know. It's, like, it's just really not that good. And he should be should have been killing it to be to be given a five-star rating. And I think a lot of it had to do with him showing out at the Army All-American game, which he did do good in. But, I mean, he's there for a week. Like, anybody can turn it on for a week. So, I just don't – I didn't get his rating being that high. I'd say mid-four-star, like 95 range. But, anyway, he got the five-star going into Clemson. And all Clemson was talking trash about – how good is going to be along with Xavier Thomas and KJ Henry, and now he's gone, and they're all whining about it and mad. But anyway, the reason he said the reason all Clemson fans are saying that he okay, well let's go back to this. The reason he uh, I think Gamecock Insider maybe tweeted it first, or they were the ones on their boards first that reported that it, he was transferring. Is what I saw. I don't. I'm not, I'm not on their boards, but I just saw it on Twitter. And then Big Spur put out a tweet about it saying he was transferring, and it was true. And then the tweet from the lawyers came out like – not the a tweet from Josh Folk's account with the lawyer letter came out like a uh, couple hours later. But anyway. Dude, just just real quick, I never even knew you needed a lawyer to transfer schools to get a I'm release. Ass, I'm assuming you do That's do absurd. a lease because you're because when you sign a scholarship, it's a legally contracting bond that you have to – Right, okay. That right, might be sense, why. But I, I'm just – Anyway, yeah. I, okay, anyways, continue, continue. I'm sorry. But he um so he's transferring. But when you transfer from a school and you get a release from scholarship, there could be blocks put on it. It could be put the schools you play every year, like Clemson could put on South Carolina and South Carolina put on Clemson vice versa, or they could put on any other ACC school just so they wouldn't have to face the kid every year. And most some coaches do it, some coaches don't. Muschamp doesn't because he's always said that he's never gonna stop a kid going from playing somewhere if he wants to. At least to my knowledge, he never has. And so Clemson and Dabo gave him a full release and it's that he can go transfer anywhere he just has to sit out for a year because that's the ncaa rules which is uh, another talk for another day but um he um so he's transferring it's not said where yet it's assumed pretty much this transfer to south carolina he grew up a fan there he's going to be closer to home for them family medical reasons but here's my whole theory on it i don't understand why Dabo would ever let a kid of this caliber a just walk like this or, or be walk like this and go to South Carolina who you have to play every year because it just doesn't make sense to me. And so my theory is that he, that Belka's holding something over his head. There's no way he's not. He's saying that he's let me transfer anywhere. And if you don't, I'll expose the fact that something's going on behind the scenes that they don't want people to know about. And for you, you that just don't, for you people watching or listening that just don't believe in 
players getting paid to say it's not real. I literally have a sister-in-law who's a, who's a rally cat at Clemson who witnessed $100 handshakes all the time. I know people who know people. Like, players getting paid is a thing if you want to believe it or not. And so, at the end of the day, I just am saying that there's something else going on other than the fact that – oh, and I'll talk about this real quick. Um, John Whittle report on 24-7, and I included in a tweet. Sorry for not sourcing my tweet, I guess. But he said the fact that he hated Clemson and that he – wanted to leave there like a month in, basically. I think is what he said. It was a short time after he talked to him. and that, So that was another reason for him to leave. Um, some people are citing depth reasons for Clemson, which I don't really get because, I mean, other than Dexter Lawrence and Christian Wilkins and they're both going to be going off next year, he would have had the chance to play if he just had, had gotten his motor better, like his actual drive to play football. But um, so – yeah, he. I think he's holding over something Davo said. But let me just talk about it. if he does transfer to South Carolina, I think he'd be a good player. I say he's a high four, a mid to high four star. He just has to improve like his motor and his will to play because it's terrible from what I've seen on film and from what I've heard from coaches around South Carolina who played against him and stuff like that. So I think he can be a good player. He's obviously going to add great depth to us if not become a starter one day. But it's just a lot to think about here. I mean, you would think that if he's at a school where he actually, you know, if, if he really did hate being at Clemson, that he comes to South Carolina and that's where he wants to be. I and mean, you think the motor would kind of, yeah, you think the motor would improve at least the the motivation to play hard, right? I mean, that would somewhat improve, I would think. Yeah, I would, I would have to say, especially if he wants to play and he knows how much champ is, like it's going to have to like improve. And if it doesn't, he's not going to play. Like it's just how it is. Yeah, and I agree with you in this in the sense that it's just crazy to me to think that because I think with this situation, there's a lot to take in. Yeah. I mean, it just it's very very interesting. Something that just does not happen a lot. I mean, I, I you know I can't remember if there's even been a time that I can remember at all. I can't remember the last time though that I, a player that this happened where someone transferred from rival to rival within well the South Carolina Clemson rivalry. I mean, I may be forgetting a scenario, okay. but. A women's basketball player recently transferred. And that's like the first one I've ever seen. Dude, yeah. I, I mean, like football. I mean, the, dude, the last the last transfer that left South Carolina that I can remember being like, wow, that was a real screw-up, was Kenny Irons going to Auburn. That I mean, little, that is. So, yeah. So, 2002. So, a little history lesson for anybody who doesn't know who that is. I feel, I feel like most of you do. Anyways, when Lou Holtz was the head coach at South Carolina, you remember Demetrius Summers? Yeah, I think about so basically what happened is I think 03 was his freshman year. Anyways, when Lou Holtz was recruiting Demetrius Summers, he basically promised, like, yo, you're going to be starting game one in Williams Rice as a freshman. Like, made a lot of promises over, you know, over promise to the kid. Well, anyways, yeah. Kenny Irons basically took offense to the whole situation. Cause I mean, he, you know, obviously that, that's going to rub anybody the wrong way. Kenny Irons winds up, winds up transferring to Auburn, basically becomes a stud running back at Auburn is in the same backfield as Cadillac Williams. Um, yeah. So that, that, I mean, that's just the last transfer I can remember leaving South Carolina that even made that I even know knew who they were. So no, it's just something crazy, but you know, anyways, get back to my point. I mean, I just agree with you that it's crazy that Dab, you know, Dabo would just let a kid walk and go to Carolina. And you, know, you see all these people, all these, ju- you know, these, these uh these Dabo warriors on Twitter saying, "Oh, he's such a great guy! Like, look what he's doing for the kid. Look what he, like, it's, dude, not it's a literally chance. a cult. Like, I'm sorry to hate the breaks to you, Dabo is not 
and I'll go off on a Dabo rant real quick. Dabo's not the guy he acts like. He's just not. If you've ever seen him, yet when he's on TV, he acts like he's such a Christian and godly man and all this stuff. I've seen him cuss and kill, like, actually, like, try to go, like, like cuss a player out like Frank Martin does. And that's crazy. Like, do you, you remember the ACC championship dude, a year or two ago? his punters, when he rips his punters a new one. Yeah, I'm like, dude, dude like, is. calm it down a little bit, like. And just the fact that he gives that persona, and I know for a fact he's, A, negatively recruited against multiple coach, coaches, including Steve Spurrier and, like, Urban Meyer and other coaches like that. Dude, what about, the, what about the offensive lineman or whatever that – uh? Yeah, Carmine. It's Jackson, yeah. Jackson Carmine. He told – he's like, Urban Meyer doesn't have that many years left. Like, why would you want to go play there? It's basically what he told the kid. Right, right. Like, how, how terrible of a coach and of a person do you have to be, like, negatively recruited and say, oh, well, he's just – He's going to be gone after a few years, so you should come play for me instead and also slip you a couple hundreds under the table. Like, get out of here with that crap. I mean, dude, you want to just know that – I mean, I just don't think people should put that much stock into, like – You shouldn't you know, love a coach like that. Just, I mean, look at Hugh Freeze. Like, yeah. it can all come crashing down and you find out who somebody really is. He was one of those, too, was a huge, like, you know, Bible-thumping type kind of guy. Like, yeah. you know, very, very, very religious, put on a religious persona, and it's – I mean, honestly, man, like, I'm not knocking anybody, whatever you believe, whatever. But well, it's I'm normally not... the people that shout the loudest about it that have the most to, to cover up and to hide. So, you know, that's kind of my two cents. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's, a, it's a crazy, weird situation. I mean, you know, from the little bit I know about the kid, I mean, like you said, I mean, it, you know what I was going to ask you this? I think it's really interesting. Like you said, he was a five-star going to Clemson. Do you think if he if – he, a serious question. Do you think if he'd have went to South Carolina, he would have been rated as a four star? Oh, there's no chance. Oh, yeah. well, I thought you meant there's, if he was rated as a five star. He, oh, there's no chance he would have gotten it because all the twenty four seven recruiters love them and all. And I mean, his composite score. Okay, he's a ninety eight on twenty four seven, which is like pretty decently high. He's a not. He's like a low nine five on their composite, which is all the people together, which is what he should have been rated. Like, it just right. doesn't make sense. Well, dude, yeah, because I, I just remember like. You know, a lot of the uh, South Carolina pundits and guys that follow recruiting really closely, and like our guys too, obviously, you and Alex, um, yeah. we're just talking about basically like there's a bunch of South Carolina guys that could be easily be four stars that are three stars and four stars that could be five stars. I mean, the one guy I think of is Rosendo Lewis. Like, how did he come to South Carolina as a three star linebacker when he's was probably like one of the best linebackers in the class? The I don't understand how City. it's just like I feel like depending on the school these kids go to, it's like that's. That's how they mirror the rankings. You know, I don't understand the, the how our ratings for the players. Okay, mainly when me and Alex talk about recruiting, mainly we go off our offer sheets. If the kid has an offer from every SEC school and a bunch of other Power Five schools, he's he's a high four, low five kind of guy. And if he has like forty something offers, like Chris Steele, he's probably a five star just from plain and simple. But there, I mean, there are guys who also don't tweet their um, offers and don't tell anybody, so you don't know if they have what, what kind of offers they do and don't have, but. Anyway, I just don't – I don't. I didn't get his ranking, at least. Yeah, no, for sure. Anyways, like you said, though, he's a guy – he's going to have to sit out this year, but he's a guy, if nothing else, is going to provide depth immediately. He's going to have I mean, to – he's going to get in the weight room and get in shape for a fact. Right. He, yeah. I mean, the, right, go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to say, well, like, with Javon Kinlaw, it could be, like, the same situation. Like, he would need, like, two games to tune up and then just be full force and be a monster. Yeah, well, again, I mean, he's going to have a lot of time to do that because he's going to be yeah. able to sit out the – which, you know, not to dive in too much to it because you basically said we could go on another show about it, but it's crazy to me the kid has to sit out when he hasn't even played – he hasn't even been suited up yet. When you sign that agreement, I, no think, sense. I, don't, I think it's like NCAA rules in general that say you can't play immediately. I could be wrong about that. I really could be, but I think that's the rule. 
So really hot take here and something I'm a little worried about, which I don't know. I could be wrong, but this kind of feels like a situation where this is going to be a kid that maybe never plays football. It, it, it feels like he like is leaving Clemson. Like, you know, maybe he really just did hate it there. and He's going to Carolina. He's got the family issues, but like you said, if he, if he doesn't have a, you know, strong motor, kind of a lazy kid, I, it just, it feels like one of those weird situations where it's like the kid may never see the field anywhere. And it sucks because you know the talent's there if he's getting that kind of rate. Like, if he's regarded as a pretty decent player, like, or recruit, I mean, like, he's obviously has a talent, but a lot of kids just don't transfer to college football. And it sucks, but it's just the way it is. I don't, I'm not saying that he's going to be that. I'm not saying, no, no, I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying either. It's just like you see these situations kind of come sometimes on the kid, just like, they just never kind of get it all lined up, never it get it sucks, all together. But it's just it just yeah. happens. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see him and Rick Sandage on the same line. Oh, I think it'd be, like I said, nothing else is going to be depth. So. Me, just think about the fact that Rick Sandage, um, Josh Belt, uh, what's the other kid's name? Uh, Zach Pickens and Pickens, like yeah. Savion Jackson or jo- or Joseph Anderson can be on the same defensive line together at one time. Like that's and crazy if, to me. If if nothing else, it makes you feel better about. I mean, because like we've talked about it before with the 2018 signing class that you know we really felt like and it was true they missed out on a bunch of defensive linemen. I mean, a bunch of them. So oh yeah. I mean, this isn't the, necessarily the way you want to get one back, but I mean to get one back. I mean, hey. It, it's, it. it's definitely a positive. I mean, I'm, you know, again, I'm sure Will Muschamp and T. Rob, they were, you know, hey, we'll welcome you with open arms, man. We'd love for you to come play for us. So, um, but yeah, again, just a really, really weird situation. I mean, like I said, Dabo just letting a guy walk to South Carolina, no, no restrictions. I, I mean, I'll be honest, I love your theory. I, it, <laughs> that, <laughs> holding something over Dabo Sweeney's head, that that is just beautiful. I love that the guy. Absolutely did fantastic. And he's he's bringing the. He's bringing the secrets of the honeypot with him, I guess. I, don't, I mean, he's been in there, been in their building for what three, four months. So I, yeah, I, I don't know. I know everything that goes on now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just gonna be it's just gonna be really, really interesting. You know, I was actually gonna just say this just a second ago. I, you know, what's crazy, man? Like, because you get you get so used to these early enrollees, I almost forgot that Rick Sandage is gonna be in a Gamecock uniform this fall. Yeah, like just because like nobody's talking about him because like you almost forget. Because National Signing Day happens, then you have all these kids that enroll early, and it's like that's kind of all you. I feel like that's all I've been focused on, or all you know, just because you watch them in the spring game and stuff, and you forget. Oh yeah, Rick Sandage is going to be on our team. Like he's going to be in uniform, ready to play September first. So, pretty. Ex- I don't know. That's just exciting to me for yeah, some reason. He's going to be. Like, the, it's crazy. Like the guys. I already feel good about this team. The guys we haven't seen on the field yet, like yeah, him, JC, JC, JC Horn, Horn. Oh my god, he's gonna be a freak. Josh I Van, like play. yeah, Josh Van's another one. I mean, yeah, they're all so many guys you haven't even seen on the field yet. So should I don't be know, very interesting. Should be a very good year. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No. Anyways, moving more into recruiting side. Obviously, you you had added something here about Jalen McCullough drops his top four. Yeah. Talk a little bit about him. Obviously, you know a little bit more than I do, but talk kind of about what's the uh, the latest with that. Uh, freak athlete. A freak athlete. I'm. I just turned into Mike Tyson. What the freak? Um. Athlete. Athlete. Anyway, um, Jalen <laughs> McCullough. I think I say his name something like that. I don't know. He's a four star four star safety, mid four star. I think. Um, off the top of my head. He um dropped his top four, I think, with South Carolina, uh, Tennessee, Auburn, and Alabama. That's his final four. I don't he did, I don't think he said when he was announcing his uh when he was gonna commit. 
but a guy that South Carolina could use a lot. He's a, he's a he can play either running back or safety on the college level. I think they told him they let him play either. Kind of like a um, a, what's his name, Quavius Quavarius Crouch situation. But I think right. he's more decided. I think McCauley is more decided that he's going to play safety. But could be a really good add to the class. I mean, I think they take him. He's definitely a take right now. Just a guy we would really, really could use in Columbia. Yeah, he's class of twenty nineteen, right? Yeah, he's twenty nineteen. Dude, I'm, I'm just saying, man. Like, I just feel like Will Muschamp and staff—they are, they're grinding, dude. They, they are, they're absolutely getting after well, the recruiting. I mean, they have else. to to a point. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, no, I know that. I'm just saying, like, I mean, it's, it's just night and day difference from like. You know, because I just remember so vividly the Spurrier years. Uh, it's just uh, so night and day difference. Isn't fear recruiting? It was man. In, it's it's wild. It was infuriating to me to see like because I'd never really gotten to recruiting until like within like last year really, and it was like so angering to me to see the fact that like how Spurrier like just didn't care and like now Muschamp's like so into it. It's insane. Right. It's funny. I actually met this met this dude uh, that. Uh, Used to be the long snapper at Georgia. That was he was there from what two thousand what seven to two thousand eleven something like that. Anyways, he he basically told me he visited South Carolina and he told me he got to meet Coach Furrier. I was like, yeah, how was that? He's like, he had no idea who I was. Like, yeah. not even, not even. I'm like, of course. I'm like, you know, because I asked him, I was like, does Furrier know who you were? Like, he's like, oh no. I was like, yeah, because I mean. I was hearing stories. He didn't know who the five-star linebacker was on campus. Yeah, like, what was that guy's name? The long snapper. Kid went to Ohio State, right? Yeah, I can't think of his name. Something I don't even know. Raquan McMillan or something absurd. like that? Was yeah, it Raquan yeah. McMillan? Yeah, him. I think so. Five- that was a, it's absurd, dude. I so oh, – it makes me mad thinking about – anyway. <laughs> I guess we can go ahead and hit baseball up if you want to. Yeah, absurd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, want to talk a little bit about baseball. Obviously, we're recording this a little bit later this week. We apologize. We'll be coming to you guys every Wednesday again uh, starting next week. Just some, some things, some schedule complications this week. Anyways, yeah. baseball just wrapped up game one against Texas A&M and lost 6-3. to three. Uh, They had the Thursday night start this week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, South Carolina winning 2-3 against Missouri, but we'll kind of dive into this weekend series and more so kind of look ahead to the postseason as well, sort of what it means, you know, against South Carolina. Big time series win last weekend. You know, lost game one in a really tough game, but able to come back, win the next two. Um, biggest thing for me, Tom, was just the starting pitching finally coming around. I mean, I thought all three guys, even in the loss, Logan Chapman was good, but Cody Morris gets SEC Pitcher of the Week. Adam Hill was just kind of Adam Hill doing his thing. Um, South Carolina is now sitting top forty in the RPI, and you know, really, I mean, it's really what they're fighting for this weekend is a potential top four seed in the SEC tournament, which would give them a first round bye. Again, they lost tonight six to three against Texas A&M. So, I mean, pretty much South Carolina, they have, they're going to have to come back again and do what they did last weekend and win the next two and to win the series and, you know, really ultimately get some help. So, you know, it's interesting to see either way, though, South Carolina is in the SEC tournament. And, you know, really there's been a lot of different postseason projections, I think, are – our projections at Armchair had South Carolina going to Conway in the Coastal Carolina re- Regional, being the two C, which would be really, really interesting. Um, Seven before, hasn't it? it? So South Carolina played Coastal Carolina in the Super Regionals, 2010, the first year South Carolina won it all. That was when Christian Walker had a mammo bomb shot and to uh, basically win that game. It was funny when I had Michael Roth on this show a couple, little, little bit, little bit ago, a couple months ago. I asked him if. 
that home run had landed yet. He said, not a chance. So, yeah, good stuff. Anyways, though, there's been that projection. I've, I'm sure you've seen, too, a lot of, you know, a couple of different sources here projecting South Carolina to be the two seed in the Clemson Regional, which would be extremely Inside. interesting. Um, you've also seen South Carolina being listed as the two or three seed in the Stillwater Regional, just kind of all over. Um, I'll ask you, Tom, because I feel like the fact that you don't know nearly as much about the college baseball scene as maybe some other people do makes your answer makes your answer even more intriguing. But where, you know, as a South Carolina fan, you know, where would you want to see South Carolina end up postseason wise? Where, you know, because I think South Carolina hosting a regional sort of they're right on the bubble, but I think it's sort of out of the question at this point. They probably won't be hosting a regional. But where where would you want to see South Carolina end up? Do you want to see the Gamecocks go travel to Clemson and get another crack at their rival, or do you want them to just kind of be in a middle of the pack, just somewhere else. I'd say go to Clemson and play them because, like, what do you have to lose? Like, okay, if we lose them in a regional, it sucks, but <clears throat> we beat Clemson twice in the College World Series to put them out and win the national championship. So, like, suck our balls there. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I'd rather see them play in Clemson cause, just because I hope they'd win and beat them at Clemson because it would be hilarious and it would make every Clemson fan wrap their pants. But – yeah, I'd rather see them play there. And if they if they do, that's great. If not, like, who cares? Just, if, yeah. they play, if they play Coastal, it's not a big deal either. Yeah, I mean, I'd kind of like to see it too. I mean, because, again, I I don't know. It, I'm so torn because I don't know. I I would love to – I would so much rather see South Carolina get matched up or be in the regional that's matched up with uh, Clemson's regional because I'd like to play them more in a super regional more so, but – I mean, either way, I mean, I'm kind of just whatever. I mean, I, you know, I'm just glad South Carolina at this point, again, is in the talks for the postseason. And, you know, Kingston and his staff have done a great job. Carlos Cortez is playing like a man on fire right now. He hit his he hit his 15th home run of the season tonight, which is insane when you think about it. I mean, I remember watching earlier this year, Tom, I don't know how many games you've gotten to watch, but he didn't look like he knew how to hit a baseball the first month of the season. I mean, he looked like maybe the worst – he looked like the worst hitter in the South Carolina lineup that first Jeez. month. And he has come around so much. And I mean, he, again, he's doing eerily similar to what he did last year, just coming, you know, getting hotter as the season goes, kind of coming into the, coming into his own, if you will. I don't know if he's <clears throat> the kind of guy where he just needs that many X number at bats to get in his groove and get his timing down or what the deal is, but it's crazy how it's just been back to back seasons. You know, he's done that. So. You know, other than that, I mean, again, it sucks. South Carolina loses six to three tonight to A&M. We're going to really need another big another big weekend and two more big performances from Adam Hill and Cody Morris. I mean, you've got the, you've got the right guys on the mound to do it. Now it's just all about going out there and doing it. And they've, you know, Adam Hill and Cody Morris, while they've been pretty good, they've also been a little bit inconsistent at times. So, again, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, I think the only guys you use tonight were Logan Chapman and I think Eddie Demurius. I don't think anybody else pitched. you got to basically a full rotation you know, for the next two days. So got to do do everything in their power to win those two for sure. So, but other than that, was there anything I missed? I mean, I I don't, I don't think, you know, obviously we're a little slow right now with. Nah, I mean. Quote, unquote, off season. The softball team has a regional this weekend in Columbia. Make sure you tune in. I I think I'll actually be tuned in this weekend. Um, Can't really name off who's in the regional, but I think South Carolina should definitely be favored to come out of it. So, yeah, they're they're a really good team. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like, too, though, like, women's softball, sort of like women's basketball, where, like, the first round is just trash. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, South Carolina women's basketball in the first round of their – not the it's, regional, but their tournament, they're taking on, like, Louisiana Tech. And I'm yeah. like, dude, this is going to be a 40-point blowout. Yeah, it's like 80-some of the 30, usually. Because, yeah. I mean, South Carolina's regional for softball is, like, UNC Greensboro, Liberty, and somebody else. I'm like, Jeez. Who, who's who's going to beat them? Quick work. I mean, seriously. But anyways, again, you know, we know this is kind of a short, impromptu episode. A little bit later in the week, we apologize. Um, things are going to get really heated up, I think, starting next week. I'm going to be doing one of my favorite things, Tom. You may have seen it last year I was doing it, but I basically did a countdown, counting down every single day with a highlight to football season once we, we hit 100 days. Like I said, I've got that football itch, man. I'm kind of getting that back again. I mean, Me I, it's, it's crazy, dude. We're already May 17th. Before you know it, we're going to blink and be in June. Um, in June, I think is probably the slowest month. I mean, you got some things to hold you over in professional sports and again, baseball, but you know, you hit July, boom, SEC media days. And I mean, honestly, bro, the season practically starts from there. July, August, we'll be getting into all of our football preview stuff, um, breaking down everything for the season. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't really, I really can't wait for it. I mean, it's going to be a great time. I caught, dude, I caught myself watching some highlights from last year, the other day. And I was like, Oh buddy, I'm getting, I've watched. I'm getting during that my, itch again. During my geology class, I literally would just sit in my sitting there and watch film because the class was so boring. I watched, I've watched, I think every game like twice over just because <laughs> I would be so bored. But I know everything That's about probably everything. Why you, probably why you have such a good grade in that class. Yeah, I actually finished with an A. So. <laughs> there, you there you go. <laughs> no, dude, I was gonna say. I mean, like, I, I don't know if you remember this. When when did you join on armchair again? When was it? Uh, I joined originally like. September or October of last year, but then I okay, like, so you, stopped for a while and then came back this uh, January. Okay, that's right. So you won't remember them, but last year. So you, do you do you ever remember or did you ever hear anyone harp on those player pages? Player pages? No. So yeah. So if you go to Armchair Americans, anybody who doesn't know, we have what are called player pages. If you you've probably seen them. If you look up a player on our website, basically there's a page with his name, his highlights, his stats. Yada, yada, yada. Well, just so you people know, that those take forever to make. I uh, I did all of South Carolina. So, for football, South Carolina's, Auburn's. Because basically, you have to go one by one. And there's like 90 players on a team. So, literally what I would do is last summer when I was doing it, probably like in June, July, whatever, I would literally – I had two screens. I had a laptop screen, like a big PC-type screen, like a 30-inch, whatever – and on one screen, I would have the back end of our site where I'm making the pages. And literally to kill time on the other screen, I was just playing old South Carolina games. I mean, I probably watched 10 different games full, like from start to finish, full replays. Dude, that's the kind of that's the kind of shit I get on in the offseason. So that's, that's kind of one thing I wanted to end the show with because I was thinking about this all show. What is your favorite – what is your favorite way to kill time in the off season, like to get ready for football season? I, I, I basically already answered it, but I think for me, like honestly, just rewatching old games. Like I used to, bro. I used to love the CSS College Classics, College Flash Classics, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that, but dude, those. And then obviously they do on ESPNU. They do the top twenty-five games of the year from yeah. last year, and they'll replay those. I just, God, I love. And then that. And no free ads, but I have to give a shout out to Phil Steele's College Football Magazine. Oh my God, that is 
the college football Bible. That, that is the magazine I'm getting every time the first day it hits the newsstands, I'm up in Phil Steele's, up in Phil Steele's uh, publication, getting my knowledge. And that's, I mean, honestly, that is like, that's exactly how I kill time in the, uh, the off season. What you, you have anything you do like besides like twiddling your thumbs and just waiting around. Uh, I usually just watch film over and over again. Like I'm a big film guy. <laughs> it's really big, weird. Big film guy. Well, that and like why well, obviously like have a job during the summer, even though I'm in college. But I just, God, I just love the. I mean, it's not just like film. Like I'll watch a play just like thirty times over and be like, "How did Jake Bentley f this up? Had this bad on this player and <laughs> stuff like that." Or you can watch the play. That I like to watch a lot. It's the scramble against Texas A and M, where I'm like, "How the hell did he get out of that?" Dude, that he got mur. I don't know. Sometimes I watch him and I'm like, "Is he just drunk on the field?" Like it's a little bit of Garcia in him, a little. To be honest, what game was it where they were showing the replay of him where he got hit and he got up and was like? Like walking bow legged around the it was a, or it was A and M. Yeah, right? he got destroyed one play yeah, and just came around. Just like, it was so funny to watch. So, if people forget, he got sacked like six times that game. He got oh, he got he got he got murked. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, I just but I, yeah, I mean, I love watching the old games. It's dude, you know. All right, so what is your do you do you. Do you actually watch like full games, or you just watch? Yeah, I know, like full games. Right, what's your What's your favorite old game to watch? Uh, favorite from last year, or just in general. Just any, just any. Like, if you had to go right now to go to YouTube, like I'm, I'm going to my, you know, my uh, old reliable game, the game I enjoy watching the most. Uh, probably when we beat Georgia thirty five to seven that year, twenty thirteen. That's twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. No, I, I love that game too, but it gets kind of boring just because I know it's gonna be a blowout, dude. Honestly. My favorite South Carolina game to watch, I could literally just watch it over and over, and I'd probably watch it, like, almost ten times, is South Carolina, Georgia 2014. Is that the one where we – The missed field goal at the end, the fourth and inches where the measurement uh, with yeah. Dylan Thompson. Dude, that's probably that, – that's 100% like my go-to, like was my favorite. 42-35? It was like 35-31. 35 no, no, no. 38 35-38. 38-35, yeah. 38, yeah. 38, anyways, 35, 35. anyways, that – dude, that – because I was at that game too. But, dude, that is just, like, that's such a good game. To it's watch. like we beat like, Georgia in the second game of the year. And then dude, it was such a good football down. game. Yeah. It was such a good football game. It's so much fun to watch. But it's imagine, funny, too. Do what? Uh, I was going to say, imagine if Dylan Thompson would have had a defense that year. The endless dude, possibilities. He, he may be, like, the most underrated South Carolina quarterback of all time. Just because if, if he had a defense, bro, he was disgusting. When I put my article out about like, um, when I was working for Garnet Bike Attack, I put an article about about like the most um, the bet my like top three or quarterbacks Carolina, and it took everything in me not to put Dylan Thompson's honorable mention just because like he had that one year, and if he would have had, a he, that that's year, the only thing he only had one year, but you can't blame him for having to sit behind Connor Shaw, the winning. Uh, the best quarterback in South Carolina history. No, nah. and Spurrier goofed that too with playing him so much. I wish he would have never done that, but. Yeah, I mean, it just it, – it does suck when – I mean, bro, even – you think back, though. Even um, 2012, when Dylan Thompson – was it 12 or was it 13? 13 was the year we went to Clemson and beat them, I think, and he played most of that game. But was it – I think it was 12 early in the season when they played East Carolina and Dylan Thompson started. Or maybe maybe that was 13. I think that was 12, though, and he – dude, he balled. It might be 12. I mean, like, he's a really good quarterback, but he I don't think he had, like, 
the leadership stuff that Connor right, Shaw right, had, right. which right. is which and Connor Shaw ran a lot better too. But yeah, well, he. I mean, I think he was definitely a little more soft spoken, but he had a cannon without a doubt. Dylan Thompson had a cannon. What is he doing again? He's with the Lions, right? Yeah, he's like a like a character consultant for the Lions. Dude, I mean, sucks. Dude had, dude, dude had a cannon, bro. Yeah. yeah, I mean, 2014, if we had any semblance of a defense, my God. He could have been but a freak. That, I mean, dude, I, just not not to get too much off on a rant on it, though, but, like, the thing the thing that was so funny, I think it was 2013, by the way, at ECU games. I just remember being there when South Carolina was obviously just killing it and really good. And I just remember being at some of those games when they would put in that second-team D-line. Like, you could see how bad they were. Well, yeah, yeah. They, they take those guys, Clowney out and Devin Cause, Taylor. And it's because Spurrier – Dude, they had Spur- nobody behind them. Spurrier did the opposite of over-recruiting. He like he was like, hey, we're going to have these guys for four years, and then after that, we're just going to hope. Yeah, he just, he just thought that having those guys would recruit other guys. And it's like, that's not how it works anymore. No. Well, or, or people the, – the, the, the kids that are like 17 and 18 now, Steve, they don't even know who you are. They don't. They don't know anything about you. Your time at Florida, like nothing. No, none of them have any nothing. idea. Nothing. So, good times, good stuff, dude. Yeah, good stuff as always. Uh, I think that's pretty much. Unless you got anything else, I think that's pretty much going to wrap us up for this week. Um, again, sorry, you know, another another sort of light episode, if you will. We're going to have some special stuff coming up, obviously, as we get closer to football season. A hundred days will be coming next week. Gonna definitely be doing something special for that. Um, you know, again, be sure to stay tuned in. Obviously, be sure to check us out on iTunes, the Stitcher app, wherever you consume your media, consume your podcast. Be sure to go down, go there, rate, subscribe, share, and download. Tell all your friends. We had a we had a very pleasant review on iTunes this week that uh, I'm not going to share, but it was pretty to, nice. You'll have to go check it out. You'll have to go check it out. Um, yeah, listens listens are up with Tom, but reviews are down. I don't know. <laughs> and they're not even down. Hey, we're getting more reviews than we got before. It just wasn't the right direction, but that's okay. That's okay. We we like to hear all the feedback, positive, negative, you know, wh- whatever you guys like, be sure to give us the feedback. And, it, you know, if nothing else, listen to the show, tell us what you think, tell yeah. us what you like, tell us what you don't like. Again, check us out on all of our social media handles, Twitter at armchair S car, Instagram at armchair S Carolina. And of course, armchair for all of your latest breaking game coverage and news. We just hit 2000 followers on Twitter. So I don't want to end this show without saying thank you to all the Gamecock fans, um, all of our listeners, all the people that listen to the show that follow us on, you know, any and all of our social media outlets. We appreciate it. You know, we look forward to the next 2000, you know, definitely think it's something we can achieve and would love to be. <sighs> what do you think by football season around like 3,500, maybe 4,000. Uh, I mean, it could be, I don't know. It could be done. I say, three, I say love 3,000. I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of shooting for the stars, but maybe I would love 5,000 to be honest with you. But anyways, um, and also don't want to end the show without saying, be sure to just stay tuned to us on Twitter. If you don't follow us, we are going to have a special giveaway coming next week, partnering up with our friend Gamecock Art again, who does an absolutely fantastic job, um, you know, doing what he does with all of his different artworks. He's been doing a ton of cool, ton of cool one of those. And obviously if you can get a free Gamecock artwork, why not take it? So be sure to make sure follow us there. Check, you know, look out for that tweet. Should be coming out sometime Monday. So, um, you know, again, for Chris Phillips, he's Tom Floyd. Tom, you got anything else? Anything no. else for the people? That's it. Go Cox. Can't, Go wait, for Cox. Josh, can't wait for Josh Buck to be a Gamecock. 
Derrick Rose's ass up. Guarantee. Guarantee. Yeah, I, I guarantee it now he's a Gamecock. No doubt in my mind. <laughs> guarantee he's going to be a Gamecock, run out on the Tiger Paul when South Carolina plays him, stand in the middle. Be like do, 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 the whole, do the whole Steve Tannehill, do it all. How he takes a poop on the logo. <laughs> All right, I think that's a good spot to end it. So, again, for uh, for Tom Floyd, I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we will catch you next time.